How about oh, some word now? Yes. Well, we just had word, didn't we? Well, how about some more word? Yes. Glory to God. Well, let's uh, open our Bibles to Proverbs uh, 3 and uh, look at some different things today. Uh, I was uh, looking at lots of scriptures last night. The fact is, I finally looked at so many scriptures that I think I was on scripture overload. And I shut my computer because I'm a person, that's what I was telling in the first service, I sleep. And some people can stay up all night and, and get two hours sleep and be okay. No, not Dave. <laughs> and now that may happen later, and God may say do it. But right now, when Dave goes to sleep, somebody better tell him if the fire alarm goes off. <laughs> because he do sleep. So, But I, you know, I shut my computer and said, God, I know you've got this in me. And uh, it's stuff we need to look at. You know, everybody's not going through everything at the same time, but everybody is in this earth. Everybody does have flesh, and everybody will be tempted to go through the same thing at one time or another. So if you're not dealing with some of this stuff, don't shut it off. Put it on a shelf. Put it in your heart. might help somebody else, right? Sometimes, uh, all the time, God's ahead of us. He, you know, He always prepares us for whatever is coming next. Amen? And He always will. So as we look at these things, see if it's been something you dealt with, see if it's something you're dealing with. Amen? Proverbs 3, verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart when you understand. Oh, no? Trust in the Lord with all your heart when everything's going your way. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart when He's not asking you to do something you don't like. Nope, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Right? <laughs> and you know, that verse is real easy to read when you're not being asked to do something you don't want to, when you're not going through something you don't feel good about, when, when uh, you feel like God's done everything for you you've prayed about, uh, when everything's good, man, I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart, and I don't lean to my understanding one bit. <laughs> but then, He asks you to do something that don't understand. All of a sudden, you, I don't understand that. That doesn't change the first part of the verse, does it? And, and that's the key to that. Our lack of understanding should never change the first part of that verse. And when we allow our lack of understanding to cause us to go in different directions and change the first part of that verse, then we begin to rely on something besides God. Amen? And that's not a place we ever want to be. Look at, uh, put up Jeremiah 17.5 in the King James. It says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed! Be the man that trusts in man and makes flesh his arm and whose heart departs from the Lord. That's somebody who changed the first part of the verse. They're, they went with their own understanding and they went this direction. And, and God's not saying, I'll curse you. He's saying, you'll be cursed. Why? Because you ain't smart enough to do this. He's got a good plan. He's got a good way. He can be trusted. And he's saying, don't trust your flesh. Don't trust on yourself. Trust in me. Right? Trust in, trust in my way. Trust in the way I do things. Don't get mad. Don't get discouraged. Don't get disappointed. Trust in me. If I ask you to do something that doesn't seem right, that doesn't seem like it, it seems contrary to what I've asked you to do before, or you don't like it, 
trust in me. It's not time to not trust in me. It's time to trust in me. What's the next verse say? 17.6 For he shall be like a heath in the desert and shall not see. And, and you got to look at that. He shall not see when good comes. Trusting God or not trusting God will affect the way you see. It will blur your vision if you begin not to trust God. If you begin to get upset with Him, if you begin to get mad with Him, if you're disappointed in your, in your lot in life, if, if you said, I trusted God and this didn't happen, and so I'm doing it this way, and you begin to do that, and now you're mad at God, and now you can't see. It doesn't mean good ain't coming. It means you'll never see it. it you'll never see it because good's coming, because God's good God. And when, when, when He's moving, good's happening. That's just the way it is. And if good, if you ain't see, if good ain't happening, you just ain't seeing it. Amen. And so we want to go back and check ourselves. We don't want to check the word. Say, well, I wonder, wonder where the word missed it. The word never missed it. Look at verse. Let's look at verse seventeen seven here. Go ahead and go up one. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is in the Lord. That sounds just like the same verse. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and his hope is always in... And, and, and that means his expectation. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what God's asking. He's expecting good out of that. God said, I want you to go over here and you don't like what's over here, but you say, it says I trust that I'm blessed for trust in the Lord and I hope in Him. I go, I'm going over there and I'm expecting good things to happen. Amen? And when you get over there, you don't want to be like the old Egyptian uh, Israelite children and get over there and say, well, I could have went poor where I was. Would God have to bring me all the way to Missouri to, to break me? I think some people's favorite verse is, though He slay me, yet I'll serve Him. And they use that because... <laughs> Shut up, babe. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> I'm going to serve Him and not be slayed. How about that? Glory to God. And you know what? That may have been said in ignorance. And in the same, in the same respect, there's some honor to that because He said, no matter what, I'm going to serve God. You know, He didn't understand that God wasn't slaying Him because it said, so that's written in Job, by the way, which is some people's doctrine. <laughs> they foregone the rest of the Bible and they went with Job. <laughs> and if they'll read Job, they'll find out Job was a good man all the days of his life and got double. Glory to God. And so we don't want to get off path. We don't want to quit believing. We don't want to say, Lord... I don't understand this. This can't be right. You did this. Uh, you said this, and now you want me to do this. And God, God doesn't. He's not confusing. He's not confusing. If He says I want you here, that's where He wants you. If He says I want you to do it this way, that's the way He wants you to do it. And it's not just you know I was talking in the first service. It's not just because He wants you to do it that way to see if you will. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe there's times that He does say, do this, cause I, and, and then when you're done with it, He said, I said, God, why would you have me do it? He said, I want to see if you would. I remember He had me go forward in a service one time just for that reason. Just to see if I would. Because if I wouldn't, it wouldn't have. It would have been pride. And I said, well, God, I, I, I'm clear. My heart's clear. I'm doing good. 
and uh, feel fine. And he said, sure, go to the altar. I'm like, God, people will think I've got problems. <laughs> he said, sure, go to the altar. <laughs> and so I did. Thank God I did. And uh, I've passed some tests and I've retook some tests and uh, had to do some extra credit. And, uh, you know, <laughs> glory to God, he's helped me. Thank you, Lord. And so he's been, he's been good to Dave. And uh, Dave's trying to trust him with all his heart, just like y'all are. And, and not get upset and not get mad and not get carried away and not get into my flesh doing things on my own and relying on Dave. Amen? When we do that, that's when, that's when you're real likely to get upset with God. That's when God starts getting blamed for things God didn't do. Amen? It's when people start getting mad and getting hurt and start pulling away from God, unhooking from Him, and uh, got quiet on me. We're not going to do that, right? Let's look at a couple, a couple of people, a couple of instances where those kind of things happen. Look in Second uh, Chronicles 14. Glory to God. About Asa. You guys know about Asa? King Asa was a good man. It says his heart was perfect all the days of his life. When you read the end of the book, you have trouble believing that, don't you? But see, God believed it because God rewards us according to what we do. You can't get a reward for what you don't do. Right? <laughs> you get a reward for what you do. Okay, yeah. different lesson. Different lesson. Glory to God. Asa was a good king. And he did good, good things, king of Judah. And in uh, 14, uh, starting in verse 8, he had a big army, had an army come against him, uh, a huge army. And Asa only had an army of about 300,000. And uh, the army that come, came against him, they had way more than that. that uh, look in verse 9, it says, Zerah the Cushite marched out against him with a vast army, 300 chariots and came as far as whatever the name of that city is. And Asa went out to meet him. And they took up battle positions in the valley of Zephathah near Marashah. Well, getting good at that, aren't I? Yeah. Then Asa said, let's fight. No, that's not what Asa said. Asa said, Asa called to the Lord God and said, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless, the powerless against the mighty. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you. We trust in you. And in your name have we come against this vast army. O Lord, our God, do not let man prevail against you. Oh, Asa came out and he said, this is bigger than me, but it ain't bigger than God. Glory to God. So I'm coming out and I'm trusting Him. I don't understand how He's going to make this work because that army is way bigger than our army and I don't have to. I'm going to acknowledge Him. I'm going to trust and lean on Him and I'm going to believe God. Verse 12. And the Lord struck the Cushites before Asa and Judah, and the Cushites fled. That was pretty simple, wasn't it? Believe God, trust Him, lean on Him, 
And when? Glory to God. Asa done good. Thank you, Lord. But they relied on the Lord. They didn't rely on themselves. And so many times when things are bigger, then all we have to do is make our God bigger than the situation. And that's what he did. He said, there's no one bigger than you. It doesn't matter how big this army gets. There's no one bigger than you. Right? So none of that matters. And so Asa, they beat him. And man, big party in Judah that day. Man, big party. And good things began to happen uh, in, in uh, 15, verse 3. It says, The Lord is... Is it 3? 2. It says, The Lord is with you. When you are with Him, if you seek Him, you'll find Him. I mean, good things. They started getting prophecies like this happening. If you forsake Him, He'll forsake you. But they're not looking at that because they're not planning on forsaking Him. They're looking at, oh, if I seek the Lord. And, and, and Asa and Judah began to seek the Lord, made a covenant to seek Him. In fact, is got so serious with the covenant, said, if you don't want to seek Him, you're going to die. That's a pretty serious covenant, isn't it? And, uh, I mean, they got serious about seeking the Lord. And so things were going good. And there was peace. It says in the Bible there was peace all around them for years. But then, in the 36th year of Asa's reign, in 16, uh, chapter 16, verse 1, in the 36th year of Asa's reign, Basha, king of Israel, went up against Judah and fortified Ramah to prevent anyone from leaving or entering of Asa, the territory of Asa, king of Judah. So Asa called on the Lord. No? You're right. See, I added that. <laughs> what happened here? Asa then took silver and gold out of the treasuries of the Lord's temple. So not only did he not call on the Lord, he went and got some of the stuff out of the Lord's temple. Which isn't, don't get me wrong, that's not the problem. You know, a lot of people say, oh, but oh, he went and took the holy things and he went. You know what? The problem started before that. The problem started when he decided to rely on Asa. When he decided to rely on the king of Syria. When he, did, when he came up with his own plan. Right? It says, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. No, he's not acknowledging God in any way. He's now acknowledging that there's a king in Syria who can help him. Amen? And so he took gold and silver and he went to the king of Syria. said, let there be a treaty between me and you. He said, as there was between my father and your father. See, I am sending you silver and gold. Now break your treaty with this other king that's coming against me. And Ben-Hadad agreed. And King Asa sent the commanders of forces against the towns of Israel. And they conquered them. That all sounds okay, right? His plan came to pass. They went down and the, everything was good, right? And you think, okay, I guess they're going to have a big party. And King Asa brought everyone back. And the, in verse 7, here comes another seer. You know, you back in, verse, in chapter 15, they had the guy come up, the Obed, what's his name? And he came up and said, oh, man, seek the Lord. He's here while you'll be found. Good things are happening for Judah. And so I guess probably Asa thought, oh, good stuff's getting ready to happen again. And, and Hananiah comes up and he says to Asa, king of Judah, said to him, because you relied on the king of Aram, 
or Syria, I think is what the King James says, and not the Lord your God, so <laughs> relied on, because you relied on someone else and not the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. We're, we're not the Cushites and the Libyans, a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen. When you relied on the Lord, He delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. What's he saying? People who rely on me, that's who's fully committed to me. That's who my eyes are seeing. When my eyes are going to and fro and they're looking across, they're seeing those who are relying on me. They're seeing those who are calling on me, whose hearts are towards me, who's, who's fully committed to me. And that's what he's saying. And he's saying, you know, that's who you were before. Why not now? And because you didn't rely on me, <clears throat> where'd we go? You have done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. So Asa repented and said, Lord, I've missed it. Forgive me. Forgive me. I've missed it. No? You guys get quiet. Am I reading wrong? What if he had said that? What, what if Asa would have said, Oh, I missed it. Lord, forgive me. I'm not saying there wouldn't have been some, something still not right. But at the same time, would, it, would God have had something to work with if there would have been some repentance, if there would have been a change of mind? But instead, it says, look at the King James Version of verse 11. Oh, no, that's the right version, that, that verse 10. Asa was wroth. He wasn't just angry, he was wroth. I never, does anybody in here use the word wroth? That, that must be really mad. I mean, if you get wroth with somebody, then you're mad. But Asa got wroth at the, with the seer. Was he mad at the seer? No, he was mad at God. That was just the messenger. All the seer was telling him is exactly what God was saying. He was now, now Asa has become mad at the person that could help him. Rather than repenting and changing his mind, he's gotten mad. He's gotten hurt. Why? Because... I thought I was, you know, I was okay, we did this, and now God says no, and, and it's Hananiah's fault, and so he's mad at the seer, he's mad at God, and he's mad. Bad place to be. Mad at God is never okay. People say, well, you just don't know. <laughs> if you ever hear that coming out of your mouth, stop it. You just don't know, you just don't understand. You ain't been where I've been. No. That's not bigger than God. That's not greater than His Word. And it won't keep you out of His best. Amen? It will as long as you'll believe it, though. Amen? So, so Asa got mad. He had lots of other things he could have done, but he got mad. You got two choices at that time whenever the Lord comes to you and says, you did this wrong. You can either get mad... And, and back off and unhook, or you can get happy and repent. Because He's a good God. He's a merciful and kind God. He's a compassionate God, and, and, and He'll forgive you. I mean, that's what Jonah knew, isn't it? You know, the very thing that Jonah knew is what saved him. Right? Because Jonah knew that God was good. And, and he wasn't even afraid when he was in the boat and, and it was going down. It doesn't say Jonah was afraid. It says the people around him were. Yeah. Why wasn't he afraid? Because he knew God was good. 
And when he got thrown over, he still wasn't afraid. What did he do? He prayed. What did he do? He repented. And because he did, he got spit out on the land, and then he still got mad. But you know what? He still knew God was good, and God still treated Jonah. If you read that book, God said, God even explained it to him. He said, He said, let me give you some understanding. He said, you, that vine that came up and grew over you and died, you really cared about it. Should I not much more care about these people? But Jonah's vision never got blurred in that, in that respect. He just didn't want them people saved. <laughs> Don't understand that? Don't have to. <laughs> Glory to God. But you got two things you can do there. Amen? You can begin to harden yourself and be mad. And as long as you're mad at God, you will get harder and harder. And the things you're trying to do for God will get harder and harder. And I told on myself first service, so I might as well tell on myself because I believe it will help people. There was a time here at this church where two people who will remain nameless, your pastors, <laughs> came to me and said, uh, it's time for you to not do this and do this. And they, they, God was, this was God. This wasn't, okay? And uh, Dave didn't like it. Didn't understand it. Got hard. I did. Nobody knew. I mean, Kim knew. <laughs> but I got hard. I didn't like it. It didn't seem right. It seemed unjust. It didn't seem fair. And they weren't, don't, and don't get me wrong, they weren't asking me to do something bad. This was service to the Lord. But it didn't fit my plan. And it made me mad because it didn't fit my plan. I wanted to serve the Lord the way I wanted to serve Him and do it the way I wanted to do it, and I got mad. And because I got mad, I began to get hard, and I began to unhook, and things weren't going well, and it was hard to minister, and it was hard to serve. And none of that is okay. If you're finding that in your life, you're in a bad spot. You're mad at God. No good thing can come from being mad at God. And people say, well, I'm not mad at God, I'm mad at that person. No, you're mad at God. That person merely told you what God said. <laughs> and, and, and I knew better, don't get me wrong, but I had to come out of it. I had to see it and say, no, wait. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I don't need to understand this. And don't get me wrong, it, it didn't take a day. It took more than that. And, and I apologize that it did, but it did. But I came through and I'm here. Glory to God. I, I didn't do anything stupid. And I was tempted to. And my mind was saying, well, they just don't know. They don't understand. God did this. Right? I don't understand. God, why would you ask me to do that? And, and acted like it was hard. And it wasn't, except I was making it hard. Isn't that awful? I don't feel bad about it because I've been forgiven. But I ain't doing, I'm not planning on doing it again. I'm going to look at this. And when it comes up again, I'm going to try and be better prepared. Because God's prepared us for these things. It wasn't like I didn't know. It's not like I walked in there and they told me and I went, oh, No! You're kidding! 
God doesn't surprise you like that. You know in your heart before He tells you what to do. If you act surprised, it's because you want Him to think you were. (laughs) And guess what? i got a secret for you guys. You can't fool God. It won't work. It will not work. Asa got mad and it changed his vision of God. He no longer relied on Him from that day forward from what I can tell in the book. He no longer relied on Him. If you go on down in uh, chapter 16, after it says He was angry with the seer. Um, in verse 12, it says, In the 39th year, year of, of the kings of Judah of Israel, I'm not, where am I reading? 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Through this, though this disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord. What did the Lord tell him clear back in chapter 15? If you'll seek me, you'll find me. If you forsake me, what's he saying? If you don't seek me, you won't find me. You know, a lot of people say, yeah, if you forsake him, he'll just, he'll just forsake you. God's not a big baby. <laughs> He's not like us. We've got to quit thinking like us and then putting God in that package. He doesn't say, you better watch it. You forsake me, I'll forsake you. He says, don't forsake me because then I can't help. Glory to God. He's not like us. We, we, we got these little trades off. You better do it my way or else. God's saying, do it my way because it's good. Amen? And, and, and so Asa still never sought the Lord. He only sought the physicians. And then in verse 13, in the 41st year of his reign, Asa died. Asa got mad. And by all appearances, Asa died mad. God still said, Asa's heart was perfect before me all the days of his life. Is he merciful? Glory to God. He is merciful. But Asa got mad. The the other choice would have been repent. Repent. The other choice, and I'm not talking about, oh, Lord, I'm such a blurb. I'm talking about change the way you think. You know, look at it differently. You, you, you looked at it wrong. That's why you got mad. That's why you got discouraged. That's why you wanted to quit. That's, you saw it wrong. Amen? Look at uh, for, uh, 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel 6. Glory to God. Lord's helping us. Second Samuel six, um, verse six. Well, if you go on up in the chapter, they're bringing the uh, ark back. They're bringing the ark of the Lord back to the house of God. Everybody's excited. It says uh, David and the whole house of Israel in uh, verse five. It says David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs and harps, lyres, tambourines, whatever those other things are. When they came to the threshing floor at Nacon, Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. So I think if you look up just a little bit further, it talks about the brand new cart that they put the ark on. You guys, let's see if we can... Thousand he and all his men set up to bring the ark, which is called the yeah. There it is in verse three. They set the ark of God on a new cart. Isn't that nice? 
You'd think the ark would like to be on a new cart, right? You guys read the Old Testament? Is that how God said carry the ark? Hmm. Wonder who ordered it to be set on the new cart? Probably the king. Probably the king. But it's on a cart. Oxen are pulling it instead of the men that were supposed to be at the either end, right, carrying it. And uh, the uh, the oxen stumbled. The, the ark was about to tip. And Uzzah, he's just a good steward here. Reaches up to steady it. Dies, just like that. Why? Well, because it was being carried the wrong way. He was placed in a wrong position by the king. Right? And he died because this happened. Right? And guess what happened? David said, I I I missed it. I should have had that thing done right in the first place. If I'd have had it the way God ordered it to be carried, none of this would have happened. Isn't that what David said? No, David got mad. It said, it said in verse 7, the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of the irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down and he died there beside the ark. You know, people read that language and they think, man, God sounds mean. You know, they had a way to do it and God told them. And the reason He told them is because if you do it that way, that could happen. And he loved Uzzah and he didn't want that to happen. He should have told his mom to name him something else, but other than that, he loved Uzzah. And he didn't want that to happen to anyone, and he made a plan so it wouldn't. Right? And David's thinking, well, God, you could have changed it just for this one time. That's what mad people say. Mad people come up with excuses. David didn't say that. I don't know what David said, but David was mad. And being mad means that you're not thinking right. Because being mad means he's blaming God. Amen? And, and the reason I know he's blaming God because the very next verse says he was afraid of him. Right? Where were we? Six. It says In verse 8 it says, Then David was angry because of the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah. And to this day the place is still called Perez Uzzah. And in verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? And now he's sad. Now now he's poking out his bottom lip because he's mad. He's mad at God. And he knows how the ark can come to him. He knows the laws. He knows how it can come, but he's mad. And he wants to make it seem worse than it is and get people on him. The ark will never come to me. I don't know what I did wrong. I just I put it on a new card. I got people there. God could have God could have healed him, could have kept him, and he just decided not to. God did what God does. He don't change. That's what God does. If he changes, we're all getting ready to explode. Amen? Because he's not going to. And if you're trying to manipulate him into change with your lip poked out, forget it. And if we ever become people that are manipulated in the same way, then things won't go well. So if you're spending your time manipulating other people with your sadness and your madness, stop it. Get unsad and unmad. And as mom said, you got the same pants to get glad in. (laughs) Glory to God. And so David gets afraid and... uh, He's not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, 
And the ark of the Lord remained at the house of Obed-Edom for three months. And the Lord blessed his entire house. Now this is where David is smart. Because David hears. David was told that the house of, of Obed-Edom is being blessed because the ark's there. So David said, nah, i got to have that ark. So at the city of David. So David went down. He, he said, so David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And let's see if David repented. Verse 13. And when those carrying the ark, what? That's repentance, guys. He, he, he started, he, he went from putting the ark on the new cart. Now he's got the guys carrying the ark how they're supposed to get it there. They're carrying it. And when they'd gone six steps, they sacrificed a bull. David's going to make sure that he follows God's plan now. He's now, I'm trusting the Lord on this. I'm getting this thing where it's supposed to go, and I'm going to rely on Him and do things right. And he repented right there. And the ark came home. That's, that's your other choice. Yeah, sure, he got mad, and that's not okay, but he got over it. Getting mad's one thing. Getting over it's a whole nother thing. You got to get over it, or it will blur your vision of God, and it will cause you to never serve Him in the way you're to serve. It'll cause you to never become who He's called you to be, because you'll be mad, and you'll think bad of Him, and you'll and you'll walk through the earth sad with your bottom lip poked out because you didn't get enough, and you never had enough, and you're never going to get it, and no one understands, and mm mm mm. That's when you just put your hand over your mouth. Say, shut up, Dave. Because we're not going that way, are we? We're going to trust God. And if, if, we get, if we mess up and we do find ourselves getting mad, we're going to get out of it. And we're going to see that the Lord still had a good plan. And we're going to say, you know what? I missed it over here, God. But I see where I missed it. And He knew where He missed it or those guys wouldn't have been carrying that ark now. Right? And so now they're carrying it and everything's back in order. Why? Because God's a forgiving, merciful God. He didn't make David grovel and David just changed. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to just change. If you're believing something wrong, if you believe something wrong about God, just change. Just change. Find the Word concerning it and just change. If you've been taught that way, if it's tradition in your family, if that's where you grew up and it's not right, change. God is good no matter what. Grab hold of that and stand on it forever. And then you won't spend time getting mad. Because when something goes wrong, you won't blame God, right? And you won't try to hide it. You'll hook back up with God and say, I missed it. Let's go on. Amen? And you go on. Glory to God. Let's look at Matthew 25. See what happens when people get wrong vision of the Lord. And what happens when people have right vision of the Lord. It's a parable of the talents. It starts in verse, uh, it starts in verse 14 that the master of the house is going away and he calls his servants and entrusts, them, entrusts his property to them. To one he gives five talents, to another he gives two talents, and to another he gives one talent, 
each according to his ability. Every one of them had ability. Every one of them had a grace. Every one of them could do what they did. Amen? Now, it's not, it's, not like, it's not like he gave something to somebody who could not do something with it. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, he just couldn't do anything. No, he could do something. He had ability. It says right there, every one of them had ability. After a long time, he came back. And in verse 21, or verse uh, 20, I'm sorry, the man who had received five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. You know, now he's got to have pretty good vision of the master. He went out and took his stuff and invested it. He could have lost it. But he went out and gained five instead. So he must have been okay if something would have happened and wouldn't have come back with those five. If he'd he'd have tried, he must have thought that the master might be okay with that. Same thing happened with the two. He came and said, I've gained two more. And I, and I like what it says in the, in the King James, in verse 23. It says, And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. Now does that sound like a hateful old person? A mean old hard man? Doesn't to me either. Sounds like a pretty good guy. Pretty good Lord. Hmm. Joy. He had joy that they could enter into. Hmm. Verse 24, The man who had received one talent came, and he starts making excuses. You ever done that? <laughs> before you ever before you ever do anything else, you just start with you've got these excuses lined up in your mind. Well, I was about out of gas. I couldn't get there on time. Um, my alarm clock's been broke for weeks. Um, I had to stay up really late the night before, and and these people came, and I had to minister to these people. You know, you can't just you know, you got a thousand and one excuses to mess up, right? And and this guy. He's got one big excuse. He's, he's not happy. People say, well, how do you know? Because he said, well, first of all, he believes he's serving a hard man. How many people in here would be happy serving a hard man? No, no hands. Okay. He said, Master, he said, I knew. He didn't say I thought. I knew. This is what he believed. This, this was the, in the core of his being. He believed this of the Master. He said, I knew that you were a hard man that you harvest where you have not sown and that you gather where you do not scatter seed. He's upset. He doesn't like him. He doesn't like his master. This, you know, a lot of Christians believe this about God. They believe, they believe yet though you slay me, I will serve you. Well, what are they saying right there? Well, he may make you sick. He may make you well. He scatters over here. He takes from over here. He does what he wants. He's God. He can do it if he wants. He's sovereign. That's just the way it is. If you don't like it, tough. You've got to serve him anyway. And then they say, well, he's God, I'll serve him, but I won't like it. <laughs> well, that's got to be a joy to him. Let's all go serve the Lord. That's how I used to come into work when I was mad. Kim, I'm going to the church. Oh, I'm pretty happy about it too. Yeah. 
Oh, joy. Yeah. Got the joy, joy. Joy, joy. Down in my heart. Don't know why I can't do everything else I want to do. This job's pretty easy. Yeah, it's easy because you ain't doing it. (laughs) Did I say it out loud? (laughs) Glory to God. He was upset. He, he didn't like his job. He didn't like his lot in life. He, he felt like he was serving a hard man. And how do I know that he thought he was serving a hard man and, and he truly believed it? Because the very next verse confirms it. So I was afraid. If you believe God's hard, you'll be afraid. When, when David believed that it was hard, what happened to Uzzah, he got afraid. He got afraid. When they sinned in the garden, they got afraid. What was the first thing that happened? They ate the fruit and they ran off and hid and God goes looking for them and they say, we were naked and we were afraid. And then the very next thing, it's God's fault. That woman you gave me. That's what happens. Once you start getting mad and hard, that's the next steps. Me and Kim were talking about this just a week or so ago. When you start getting hard, your next step is away from God. When you get mad, your next step is away from Him. It's not towards Him, and He's not chasing you. (laughs) You don't like that, do you? He's not chasing you. He's waiting on you, but He's not chasing you. He's a good and merciful God, and He'll be right there when you come back. And you'll still have the same test to pass. Ask me how I know. He's a good God, and He will get us through. Amen? But they were afraid. And, 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 and Adam and Eve, they were afraid. that This God that they had walked with and in the cool of the day and had conversation with and knew Him, all of a sudden, they didn't know Him anymore. Why? Because they had become confused. They'd become deceived and gotten hard that quick. And now immediately... God's, it's God's fault. And so now we're going to blame God. Because it's that woman you gave me. If God, if you hadn't given me that woman, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. Got to blame someone. It's twisted thinking, guys. We, got, we want our thinking to be right towards God so that we can receive and hear direction and instruction from God. And when our thinking's right about God, when we know He's a good God, just like the verses in John that, that Rick read, and it says, I've loved one, loved one another just as I have loved you. If you don't believe that He loves you a whole bunch, that verse means nothing to you. Because if He don't love you a whole bunch, you can't love anybody a whole bunch. Why? Because he's a hard man. He's a hard man, and you're going to be a hard Christian because you believe God's hard, and, and it is hard, and you're going to stand there holding the sign on the corner that says, Repent or die and go to hell. That ain't where I'm standing. That ain't where we're standing, is it? We're not going to get mad at God. We're going to trust the Lord with all our heart. We're not going to lean to our own understanding. We're going to trust in His understanding. If He calls you to do it, you can do it. If He calls you to be it, you can be it. And not only can you be it, it's a good thing. It's a great honor. It's not, it's not hard. It's easy. And people say, no, you don't understand. I've been believing. No, if you hear you don't understand, come out of your mouth, know the next thing you say is wrong. 
Why? Because I'm not leaning to my understanding or yours. I'm leaning to God's. And He does understand. And if I don't lean to God's, if I wouldn't have leaned to God's, if I don't lean to God's understanding later, I will quit. Because that's what people who try to figure it out for themselves do. Glory to God. Amen? The Master wasn't confused what was wrong here in this, in this parable. The, the minute the man said, I was afraid, he wasn't confused. And he said in verse 26, his Master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. Why would he call him wicked? People say, well, because he was evil and did the wrong thing. No, his mind was twisted. He couldn't see right. He was wicked, wicker, twisted. He couldn't see right. He was looking wrong. His vision was blurred. And he couldn't see that none of what he believed was true. But because he believed it, it's what he was getting. Right? And so he wasn't going to rely on anything except what his understanding told him. So therefore, he reaped from his own understanding. Amen? We don't have to reap from our own understanding. God's good. And if you'll say that every time you don't understand something, you'll come through. God is good. He's always good. He'll always be good. His plan is good. If He asks you to do something, not only are you going to be able to do it, just like this man, it doesn't say that he lost his ability. He, He walked out of that meeting with his ability. He just never used it. The gifts and calls of God without repentance. He didn't take away his ability. He took away what he was supposed to use ability on. Why? Because he wasn't doing anything with it. And he wasn't going to unless he changed his thinking towards the Master. If we're mad today, it's time to change our thinking towards the Master so that we can use our ability for the good, for the good of the kingdom of God. Amen? Every person in here has an ability. Every person. And we can use it, and we're going to use it, aren't we? And, and the devil ain't going to like us, and we're going to be happy that he don't. Amen? Because God, if, if we'll just say, hey, I don't understand everything, but I believe your word, you'll make it. You'll make it. Why? Because it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Go to First Peter. We'll end there. First Peter 5. It's going to take humility. Amen? Because your flesh wants to say, I know better. Has anybody's flesh in here ever said that? Yeah, I've known way more than my parents and God and other people, and and I haven't. (laughs) So, it's not true, but I sure thought I did. Amen? But if, if we'll be humble, if we'll be meek, if, we, if we'll be truthful and, and, and refuse to get outside of God and, and to get outside of His Word and to get outside of what He says, then we'll always come through because He, he, he never makes a plan without an expected end and it's a good end. Amen? And so if He tells us to do something, He'll grace us to do it. But who gets the grace? The humble. Humble people aren't those who question God's plan. Right? What's it say right here in First Peter? 
First Peter, um, midway verse 5, it says, All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. What's a care? Care is your understanding. It's what you think. It's what you believe. Cast that aside. He said do it this way. He cares for you. He's not going to let you down. Humble yourself before Him and say, God, you got the good plan. That's what, the, that's what the disciples did in John 6 when, when everybody else left because Jesus was talking about drink blood and eat flesh. And everybody else said, ooh, yuck, I'm not eating blood, drinking blood and eating flesh. And, and everybody else left. But the other disciples humbled themselves. They had no more understanding of that situation than all those people who left. But they said, you know what? We know you have the words of life. And they humbled themselves and they said, I'm following you. We don't understand. They didn't say they don't understand, but they didn't say they understood either. But they, what they did say is, you got the words of life. We trust you. And many times, all the time, when God's leading you in a direction, taking you to a place, showing you the new place you're supposed to go, getting rid of something you're not supposed to do, telling you to do something you don't want to do or like to do, He's got a plan. If you'll humble yourself, He'll grace you, and you'll walk in that grace to do those things that He's called you to do, and you won't get mad, you won't get blurred vision, you won't get off track, you'll do the things you're called to do, and we will accomplish the things for God that we're called to accomplish. Amen? Can we do that? Are you going to do it with me? We're going to do it. And guess what? We're going to have an opportunity to, to get mad. You are. Trust me. And the devil's going to try and help you. He's going to say, well, you ought to be mad. You see the way they treated you? Treated you like they're above you? They know more than you? That's probably what Asa said. Hananiah, he's just a seer. I'm the king. The devil will try to help you out. Tell him to shut up. Tell him to go away. Tell him, tell the Lord. Say, I trust you with all my heart. And I lean not to my own understanding. I will acknowledge you and only you in all my ways. And you will direct my paths. Glory to God. Stand to your feet, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God's. Sing for us, Nate.